Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know what's interesting about The Last Crusade? What? Steven Spielberg is on record as saying that he made this movie for two reasons. One, mm-hmm. to fulfill the three movie obligation that he had made to George Lucas. Oh, that's perfect. That's Not great. just friends. Yep contractually bound together. Oh, nice. I can relate. (laughs) And two, to atone for the criticism that he received for the previous installment, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. But here's the thing, Mason. Go on. This is obviously, and people agree, the worst one in oh, the franchise. Oh, James. Don't you think? How long are you going to keep this? Please leave a like. How long are you going to keep this bit going is the question. <laughs> Look, we, we joke. You joke. I do joke, yeah. Mm, but you shouldn't joke about this one. No. Let me tell you this. This was Look, admittedly, this is the first one I saw in the cinemas as a kid. Sure. But, man, this is the good stuff. It's This one's incredible. Wow. The action is so, just so much fun and smooth and, like, everything's perfectly choreographed and it's funny yep. and everybody's on the top of their game. Like mm-hmm. all the, you know, Harrison Ford and, and Jonathan Reese davies and the guy that plays Marcus Brody, <laughs> whose name I don't have in front of me. And it's I on the screen. Up. It's right there. Everybody's doing great. Henry Jones, Sean Connery is Henry Jones. What a what a what a great I tell addition you what, of the dynamic. That pairing, yeah. and obviously it's a callback because we talked about in previous videos that Spielberg wanted to direct a Bond movie and George Lucas came up with this idea. But that pairing of those two together, mm. I'd never seen Sean Connery as a kid. This was my first exposure to him. Mm. So I was like, oh, this is like just a fun old guy in movies. Right, uh-huh. I had no idea that... Like, he's never done anything this funny. Yeah. You didn't know he was in Zardoz before this. <laughs> I didn't. You didn't know he was in that that one where he's a moon cop? No. A moon cop man? High moon. Yes. There isn't another movie where he is used like this. And they've have they never t- re-teamed? They never re-teamed again, right? No. Well, there would have been some crossover in the Jack Ryan movies. Oh, of course. But they're not in the same Jack Ryan That's movie. That's right. Hunter Red October and Clear and Present Danger. Yeah. And Patriot Games. I just love that dynamic of, first of all, there's 12 years between them, which mm. is insane. Right. But it works. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. Who cares? But also, I get the sense that Henry Jones Sr. could have had a kid at 12. So, whatever. <laughs> that's true. He or, moves fast, that guy. Or Sean Connery could have at the moment. Yeah, that's definitely. Yeah. yeah, but I just love like this kind of running gag of Indiana Jones is just doing the most amazing shit mm. and really, really violent stuff. And his dad is either like unimpressed or completely oblivious. Right. Uh-huh. There's the moment where they, you know, they get shot out of the sky and they've crashed and the plane's circling around to machine gun them. And his dad's like, they're trying to kill us. And Indiana Jones <laughs> is like, I know. Like he's just like yeah. he just had an absolute gutful. Yeah. And just I also love that you know just and it and it's true for a lot of 
father-son relationships that Indiana Jones has had this massive storied career and he's gone around the world in an era where that wasn't common. He's had the most incredible... Mm. He's fought the Nazis. He's fought, you know... Uh, he saw God, sort of. He saw God. and But then when his dad is back in the picture, he regresses to, like, a teenage <laughs> boy. Like, Dad, duh. Dad, duh. I'm doing my own stuff, Dad. Well, let's talk about that, because in the opening of this, mm -hmm. there's an origin where we see River Phoenix yes. as a young Indiana Jones. Mm. They worked together on Mosquito Coast and Harrison Ford was like, get this guy because he, he looks a lot like me and I like mm. him in general. And then we see him get his whip, his scar, his fear of snakes, his hat. He steals his entire look and personality from another guy. Now, do we know who that guy is? Like, does, is he canonically a, a, I'm sure a, he's a, in a noted guy? Yeah, probably. Whatever. He's, not, he's not Ravenwood, right? No, he's not Ravenwood. Okay, right. I think initially maybe in some drafts he was going to be. I think you you do that in a worse movie. Mm. Like, none of that should work. Well, none of it should work, but I think the reason it does work, uh, and it hasn't in most subsequent movies that do a similar thing to this, is that it is, it, it is played kind of tongue-in-cheek, and it's also over in 15 minutes. Whereas yep. future movies, including perhaps Solo... Or, or, or perhaps, perhaps solo, <laughs> or you know, any any other movie that that we see the origin of a character's iconic look or their whole deal, that's the entire movie. Yep. I think if they made this now, they couldn't make it these bloody days. I tell you that he would be it. It would be young Indiana Jones gaining all those things over two hours. Yes, and we'd he, we'd only be complete Indiana Jones right at the end. Now he's Indiana yep. Jones, ready for more adventures. Well, I kind of wanted him doing his adventures <laughs> at the start, but thanks for wasting my time for two hours. You know what would happen? Yes. A swordsman would appear in front of him, you'd get a wry smile, he'd reach for his gun, and it would cut the credits. Oh, my God, you're absolutely right. <laughs> there'd be a lot of, like, there'd be a running gag where he's doing a bunch of sword fights with dudes, and then at the end he's like, there's got to be a better way. <laughs> like it's an this infomercial. Is this is This sucks. <laughs> hey, Junior, have you heard of guns? Anyway... <laughs> You know what I like also about when you look at these first three movies as a whole? Oh, also, that guy's very charismatic. The, the, guy, he the guy he steals the look from. Yeah, mm. he's incredible. Great. Yeah. Yeah. What I like about these first three movies, and you can see it looking back on them, you do get a different side of Indiana Jones in each one. Like, obviously, the first one is the introduction. You've got the archetypes of the character is built, and you find out he's an adventurer and a bit of a buffoon and a cat, mm -hmm. and he's kind of smart, and maybe he needs glasses, maybe he doesn't. We'll talk oh, yeah. about it. Second one, which is a prequel, you go back a little bit when he's a complete grub, just oh, an yeah. absolute maniac. A menace. <laughs> just on a big tear. Mm. And this one... <laughs> like a... <laughs> Like an Australian tourist <laughs> yeah. in anywhere other than this. Just an, an Australian tourist in Bali, I guess. Exactly. Just being a menace, tearing up the landscape. And then you get to this one and you do get that kind of more responsible, studious side of him. But then you find out more about his origin and he's just kind of killing his way through his feelings with his dad mm. like by his side. Uh -huh. It's wonderful added depth, which we don't see in the next movie. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what else what, what else we get in this one we get just great mystery solving and a bit of you know that that we got that archaeology we get the yep. grail diary which I loved as a kid. I yeah. just, I bet you can get a replica of that now and it's $200. Absolutely. Uh, but you know we, get, we signed by Hitler. That's right. We, <laughs> no. <laughs> that's extra. Um we we get you know we get the mystery solving we get the every action sequence is incredible. We yep. get just a bunch of great supporting characters anyway. Yeah. Great stuff. Just one of the more minor action sequences yeah. is where they escape on the motorbike and he just jousts the dude. Yes. And the other guy, he sticks the, the flag in the spoke and the bike flips yeah, yeah. and his dad just looks at him just like, 
kind of unimpressed. When he jousts the dude, though, he does give him a look of yeah. like, oh, that's this is cool, actually. I love I'm this kind of stuff. Up to my, I'm warming up to my kid. There is a line in this where, where uh, Henry Jones Sr. goes like, you left just when you were starting to get interesting. <laughs> yeah. Which is such a dad thing to say, I think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, like, you know, th- this movie goes from from that to a action sequence on a blimp to the yep. the um, dog fight to a tank chase. Yeah. God. Incredible. And as you mentioned, like, it being the funniest one, mm-hmm. the Marcus Brody Henry Sr. dynamic is great. Uh-huh. They feel like old friends. They've got, like, barely any scenes together. But, but they've they got secret handshakes. They've got secret handshakes, little, little boys kind of club stuff and whatever. I love that joke of Indiana Jones explaining in detail about how Marcus Brody can blend in in any culture on earth and you'll never find him. He's just this internationally, like, incredible man of mystery and it just smash cuts to him bumbling around Right, exactly, market. yeah. Like, uh, just a guy who's like, well, maybe they'll understand English if I talk louder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The bit where his dad, like, shoots up the tail of the plane. Mm, they got a son. Incredible. Exactly. No ticket. The seagull bit. <sighs> it's just, there's not a second wasted of this movie. Oh, my God. That tank sequence. Mm. My goodness. Oh, the bit where he shoots three guys in, in a <laughs> row. Amazing. And he's just like, huh, yeah. This has got one of what's considered to be the best stunts of all time, where Vic Armstrong, Harrison Ford's stunt double, leaps from the horse onto the moving tank. Mm-hmm. No wires, no green screen. Just looks like a really hard fall yeah. from a horse to a tank. Yeah. Really big fan of that. And the trials, that whole sequence of... Semi kind of realistic booby traps where you're like, yeah, I guess this could kind of work in the mm-hmm. force perspective and whatever. They really sell that idea. And I love how, you you know, he finally gets to the knight and the knight's like, oh, thank goodness you're here. You're so brave and you have vanquished me in battle. Now it is your job to look after the grail. And he's just like, no, I'm not. No. I'm not doing that. <laughs> look, there's a lot to explain and I can't because yeah. it's been 500 years. I've got, I've got, I'm, look, I'm pretty sure in future I've got to sleep with a lot of women who are going to betray me in some way. So if, <laughs> if we can wrap this up real quick. I'll just take the one I know. I'll just take the grail that I need. She, she's great also. Elsa, Real, Elsa really good. As a kid, I'm, I'm like, re-watching this as an adult, I'm like, hey, of course she's a Nazi. <laughs> she's got to look about her. And it's the third one, so of course the love interest is going to betray him at this point. And it's a Bond trope, but you it, know, at this point. Yeah, but as a kid, a... I'm like, I had no idea. I'm like, oh, pretty lady. <laughs> pretty blonde lady. Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Pretty, very well put together. Great uniform <laughs> in this blonde lady. Ooh. Yeah, absolutely. She's a what? <laughs> I think also... Like that Donovan death is really good because that mm. kind of harkens back to the first one. Yeah. You know, that kind of horrific death and the advanced aging and there's some CGI morphs kind of in there as well coupled with, you know, some you know real practical effects yeah. that you see. I also think that, like, if you took any of those other grails, that's useful. That's a great thing to, like... Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, assassination tool. An espionage, a tool of espionage, yeah. Make a, make a horse drink it at a party if you're a weird rich guy. Sure. Would it work on a horse, though? I don't know. Because I think I, I kind of feel like... Like the Ark of the Covenant, like mm. maybe it's your intent is also yeah. like a horse drinking from the from the Holy Grail. That probably hasn't, you know, probably isn't expecting eternal life. <laughs> probably so, you not. Know, so, <laughs> I imagine. Yeah. yeah. My goodness. Also, uh, watching this again for the you know the thousandth time. I think mm. this is the one I rewatched the most. Maybe yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know. Probably this in Temple of Doom. I've probably seen the most. But I, I love the idea from like the knight's perspective that this pack of weirdos like run in set off all the traps. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. One of them drinks the wrong grail. He just watches that unfold. The other guy takes it and he goes, you can't get it out of here. And he goes, right, got it. They go out. They try to leave with it. This is his perspective. Yeah, right. Cause an earthquake. They drop it into the earthquake. The whole building goes under (laughs) and they leave. Yeah. Like, what did he even do any of this for? He could have just dropped it down a pit. That's (laughs) absolutely right, yeah. They really, like, wrecked his shit. Do you reckon he's like, I've got to go get that now. (laughs) I've got to go down there and find it. Lousy immortality. Yeah, maybe. Mm. I don't know. Is it lost to time? But even that, like that last connection that you get with him and his dad, mm. just a really good touching moment. I think the emotional stakes of this, on top of like everything else, which is done perfectly, it really elevates it. I feel above the other ones. Yeah, like mm. you. That it gives it's such a believable relationship. Agreed, they really yeah. sell it, and even the conversations are interesting. Like the conversation on the blimp that you mentioned. Like that's interesting. That's. Yeah. That's good stuff. Mm. I know I said earlier that like this was the bad one, but I was joking, Mason. This oh, is actually. Oh, oh. This is a, I don't know if you picked up. I picked up on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 but yeah this yeah. is a this is a good one. I'm gonna do a big complaint though. I got, oh, oh I wow! Got two big complaints. Wow. R.I.P. The comments. <laughs> I know, right? River Phoenix's hair is not era appropriate. Mm, it's true. It's very floppy nineties, isn't it? Mm, don't like it. Love love the casting. They did want him to come back for Young Indiana Jones. He obviously did pass away in the mid nineties, but yeah. Uh, obviously he wasn't going to do Young Indiana Jones. But, sure. You know. It was too edutainment. 
It's too edutaining. Yeah. Look, mm. we're not going to get to it. No. We will probably at some point, mm. but I've, I have some things to say, yeah. I guess, at some point. Mm. And the other one is the moment where they're going through uh, the underground uh, tunnel in Venice mm-hmm. and it's all petroleum. Oh, yes. And he's holding a big fiery torch. Mm. And there's a moment where you just see fire just falling off into the <laughs> into the, into okay. the petroleum. And I'm like, that's not realistic, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And I was well, mad about it. Seems that way, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But other than that, no. But how about this? Oh. Every week, we're looking at these and we're going, are these fashion specs? Yes. Does he need glasses? Mm, yeah, okay. So what does he do in this movie? You, I, I was not paying thorough attention. Mm-hmm, Perhaps mm-hmm. I need bloody glasses. But you have, obviously. You've, yes. you've, been, you've been watching diligently and taking notes. So how does he use glasses in this movie, James? I'm hoping we get more information about this next week because I don't feel like this helps. He only uses them as a professor at the start. Okay. And then there's a moment where he goes to meet Donovan and he puts them on to, like, inspect the different things that he's looking at. It's a very appropriate use of mm. reading glasses. So so obviously there, I mean, that second example would be reading glasses because he needs to look at stuff close up. Yes. But if he's wearing them in a classroom setting, exactly. maybe he needs to look at the students to see if anybody's acting up or putting pervy messages <laughs> on their eyelids, yeah. for example. So what are they then? Yeah, maybe they, are they, they, don't, they don't look like bifocals. I was going to say, are they bifocals? Maybe it's a subtle, I don't know, could you do that back in the day? I would have thought bifocals back in the day to be a very distinct, like, slice down the middle. Absolutely. You know, so... Or one, like, the lenses would be different. You have to close (laughs) your eye. Yeah, sure, for sure. To make it work. Mm. We'll find out more next week, I guess. I hope so. I still suspect fashion specs, though. Yeah, That's what I'm suspecting. Have you considered this? Mm. He's got two pairs. I haven't. Maybe he's he's short-sighted and (laughs) long-sighted, or whatever the reverse of that is. Maybe he's bad at... Distance and close up, and he switches them out. Okay. They look the same. He went to Specsavers. And he got two pairs for $199. But why doesn't he wear them at other times then? Like why doesn't he wear them both at the same time? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. But like he doesn't need him for a joust. That's true. Or to shoot a man in the head, as Yeah, we but saw. then he's just guessing. <laughs> he's just, most of the time, he just assumes everybody around him is a bad guy. <laughs> and also, in this era, you shoot a bloke, no cameras. That's true. I didn't do it. Well, I guess he said he didn't do it. Yeah, so. exactly. You know what? He shot that librarian, but we didn't. <laughs> nobody. There's no witnesses, so I guess he yeah. gets away with it. You know what? I did do it, but prove it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Here's another thing I wanted to talk about: fashion in general. Okay. His outfit mm-hmm. at one point has the inclusion of a tie, a leather jacket how and you, a tie. How are you feeling about that? I don't love leather jacket and a tie. I mean, I think he carries it off because he's Harrison Ford. Because he's Harrison Ford. Because he he's away young, forty-six-year-old yeah. Harrison. But Ford. But I think everybody who has dis- has been inspired by this movie to dress like that, they're not carrying it off. No. Also, I love that the way he decided the, the best strategy for infiltrating that castle was swap hats and jackets with Elsa and just walk in with a Scottish accent. And then headbutt a guy or whatever. Yeah. Does. Just walk in, man. <laughs> what are you doing? And she's going along with it because, one, she's a Nazi, and, two, he's very handsome. She's like, I, sure. guess, I guess this handsome, dumb guy is a fun idea. <laughs> Let's give it a whirl. The, the John Hamm's character in 30 Rock Syndrome. Absolutely it is. I also think, and I know it is a different hat for every movie, though it's technically supposed to be the same hat. There's debate about that. There's also a moment where his hat rolls back to him and you see inside of it that is a fresh white lining. Maybe he's getting it relined. I don't know. You would back in the day. You would, I guess. Mm. I think this hat Mm -hmm. is smaller. The brim is shorter. Yeah, you might be right, yeah. Mm, Something Mm. to think about. Maybe maybe, maybe an edge got cut and he had to cut all the way around. You know? It's like, that's embarrassing and I can't... What am I going to sew that up? I have a big exposed stitch on there. Nope, got to take the edge off. Great point. Yeah. 
Man, I tell you what. Anyways, Mason, it's time for Indiana Jones in the trivia. Nice, I love that. This is a segment of the show where we do some trivia, Mason, including this one. 2,000 rats were bred for the production. Breeding them specifically was necessary as ordinary rats would have been riddled with diseases. I bet, yeah. Mm-hmm. The initial instruction said, we need 2,000 pounds of bread. <laughs> there was some miscommunication. Absolutely. Quick, release the bread. Wait, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> this... Rumour has it, and you'll see this in a lot of places, that Harrison Ford was sick of his hat flying off in the tank chase sequence. Mm. He actually did a lot of his own stunts for this one because we know in Temple of Doom he was injured. That's right. But most of the stuff, not all he did in this, like the tank jump he didn't do, for example. But uh, the rumour was that his hat kept coming off and he stapled it to his head. (laughs) There's a behind-the-scenes, though, like fun gag where he's pretending to do it, but he didn't really put staples into his head. Because he needs his face for like being on camera and stuff. Being beautiful and so forth, <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Pat Roach, who you might recognise as the really big guy he fights in the two previous movies. Mm. He's actually in this movie briefly. They bred 2,000 pounds of Pat Roach. <laughs> That's right. You do see him. He's one of the guys running up to the blimp to stop it. Yeah, right. And there was uh-huh. going to be another fight where he fights Pat Roach. They did film it, but it well, was cut from this movie. Uh-huh. So he's technically in the first three movies. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know what's a fun little Easter egg in this? What's that? Hitler. That's fun, isn't it? <laughs> Just yeah. like that Kingsman yeah, movie. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, that's right, where he's revealed Avengers style at the end. Um, as, as an actor, how do you feel when you get your agent calls and is like, we need you for Hitler? Yeah. You look like Hitler, That's <laughs> what we're saying here. I mean, it's work. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, it's not a pro-Hitler movie, No, that's is true, it? yeah. yeah. That's right. So uh, this is a fun little detail that I actually... Just noticed this time around, but after the tank fight, you see Indiana Jones has a bloody lip and he's got a tank tread mark on his face. Okay, yep. Yeah, uh-huh. Because uh, you know he gets his face pinned down to mm-hmm. it. But when he goes into the temple and he gets the grail and he drinks from it, you see afterwards like those wounds are healed. Like oh. he's still got the marks, like the blood, but the, yeah, right. the wounds are actually gone. That's a good moment where Sean Connery's like, I think my son died. I should have been nice, maybe. Right, yeah, and then yeah, he's yeah. like, oh, he's all right. That's fine. Let's move on with this. <laughs> I almost had to think about something for a second. Yeah. But now I'm glad I don't have to. Mm. Yeah, Salah, let's go. Um, and the last bit of trivia is, Indiana Jones in the trivia, I should oh, say, yeah, nice. is that this is Steven Spielberg's favourite of the Indiana Jones film franchise. Probably because it's the best one. Probably because it's the best one, I would say. Mm. But look, look, we're revisiting Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and we haven't seen Dial of Destiny yet. That's true. And, you know... No one has, as far as we know. I mean, that's basically 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Exactly. Currently, sure. At this point, it, mm. it's all looking very good. That's right. But I don't disagree with that. This is like peak Spielberg, Indiana Jones action. All the lessons and story beats and everything that was learnt about this, char- yes. this character in these mm-hmm. movies, it all comes together in this one. And I feel like if they were going to do another one, they probably should have done it in the 90s. We'll talk about it next week. But before we do that, Mason, box office for this, on a budget of $48 million, it made $474 million. It was, again, the biggest movie of the year. It beat Batman internationally. Wow, okay. And Batman was a big Batman movie. It was one of the biggest Batman movies at the time. Yeah. Aren't we getting a new Batman and Indiana Jones movie as well? They're back. (laughs) They're back in a big way and they'll be equally loved. (laughs) Exactly. And people won't have forgotten about one of them. <laughs> They're both still in the zeitgeist, as far as I'm concerned. Correct. Here's the thing, though. Go on. We are coming back to Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. We'll be doing that next week. But if you do want to see it early, you can head over to bigsandwich.co. That's right. Well, they always go up there early. And we've got a bunch of other stuff there, including video game Let's Plays. We're going to do some Indiana Jones stuff there. Yeah. 
Also, there's bonus podcasts. There's movie commentaries. Our podcast, The Weekly Planet, where we talk movies and comics and TV shows. That normally comes out Monday. That comes out ad-free on Sunday. We talk about the big movie of the week and all the movie news, don't we, Mason? That's right. BigSandwich.co. It's like that warehouse full of crates of cool stuff. Yep. All sorts of stuff. Various, some, um, a lot of blasphemy. Yep. One of them has the, bo- you open it and it's a box and God's in it and it, it shoots, your face off, shoots yeah. a laser in it. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. love it. <laughs> and you love it. You love it. Yeah. You're like, wow, I remember that <laughs> from when I was a kid. You know? <laughs> Nostalgia. It's very powerful. Boy, is it. All right. Thanks, everybody. Grab that gem, you guys. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.